Welcome to Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. My name is Pat Poling. I'm the founder and CEO of Mara Poling, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 5 of Multifamily Real Estate Investing, presented by Mara Poling. It has been uh, just amazing, the response that we have had over the last few years to our little podcast it is uh, wonderful, and uh, we appreciate all the kind words and feedback. We are grateful that we are able to play some uh, small role in furthering uh, your education about the multifamily space. Uh, as always, if you have questions, you can shoot me emails. And if you have thoughts for future topics, you can send those along as well. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that came from one of our listeners, and that is classifying multifamily. What I mean by that is, I want to answer the question that was posed, how do I classify my multifamily real estate investments? They're not equities, they're not bonds, they're not commodities, yeah, they're real estate, but how do I really account for them when I'm doing an asset allocation uh, look at my portfolio? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Before we dive into that, I do want to remind you that you have just a couple of days left to register for State of the Multifamily Market 2021, our annual webinar uh, where we will take a look into the future. That is going to be Thursday so this Thursday, January 7th, 2021, uh, 11 a.m. out west, 2 p.m. in the east. If you can attend live, that's fantastic because you get to ask live questions of us. So please go to the marapolling.com website, the Learning Center, and you can register. If you aren't going to be able to participate live, please go register anyway because I will then send you a link to the recording and a copy of the slide deck, and you'll get that material first. We eventually get this material posted to the Learning Center website to the uh, Multifamily Real Estate channel, but it takes a little while. Uh, so the best way to either participate live or to get it quickly is to go register. So go to the Learning Center at marapolling.com, M-A-R-A-P-O-L-I-N-G.com, and under webinars, you'll find State of the Multifamily Market 2021. So please click and register for that. If you have questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. And with that, let's get started. So the question I was asked was, how do I classify my multifamily real estate investments, plural? Uh, and so the discussion we started was, um, multifamily real estate is not homogeneous, right? Uh, there are lots and lots of ways to play in the multifamily space. Uh, and I personally would look at each of those different strategies and classify them a little bit differently. Um, so let's start first with just some general ideas about classification. Now, I'm not an investment advisor. I'm not providing you investment advice. This is just kind of the way we think about uh, the investment world in general and then multifamily's place in it in particular. And there's been some good studies uh, that, that help back some of this up. Uh, and again, some of that content you can find at uh, the Learning Center. So uh, 
So one of the asset categories that exists are equities, right? Stocks. Uh, and within there, there's a whole bunch of different flavors, right? There's uh, growth stocks and, uh, you know, the you know, blue chips, and there's large cap stocks and small cap stocks, and there's tech stocks, and there's, uh, you know, sort of, uh, you know, bellwether, uh, uh, pardon me, um, recession-resistant stocks and lots of different flavors. But they're all stocks, right? And so that's kind of one bucket, uh, the way we look at the world. And stocks, they grow in value. That's, that's kind of the game, right, is I'm buying a future income stream, and as that future income stream can grow, the value of that stock grows. And that's, that's how I'm going to make my money. I might get some dividends along the way, kind of modest, could be zero, could be a few percent, right? It's, it, generally, you're not seeing, seeing 5 and 10% dividends out of a stock. Um, so I put my money in stocks because I want it to grow for the future. And historically, that growth has been pretty solid. You know, we're talking, depending upon the time frame, because you can play games with statistics, right? Uh, depending upon when you start the, the period you're going to look at and when you end. But in general, I think the uh, consensus view is uh, double digits, right? 10%, some will say 12%, some say it's only 8%. Um, but a fairly solid bit of growth. Now, at any one point in time, though, uh, that's not true, right? You can see significant uh, reductions in value and significant growth in value. That's what in, is part of that volatility metric that we've talked about on occasion that says um, stocks are among the most volatile investments you can put your money in relative to treasuries. Now, remember, volatility is about change. So that includes increases in value as well as decreases. So if stocks go up in value, quote, quote unquote, that means they're more volatile. So you expect them to be more volatile. That's kind of why you're investing in them, right? So you've got stocks. Then you've got bonds, or I tend to use the word fixed income instruments, right? So this is where uh, I take some money and I give it to somebody, and they agree to hang on to that money, give it back to me someday, and along the way, they're going to give me some money for me letting them have that, right? So uh, a bond works that way. An annuity works that way. Uh, we'll come back to annuities in a little bit. Um, uh, a mortgage works that way, right? So some of you that are listening here might have money invested in the mortgage space, uh, either as a hard money lender uh, or simply in the in the private mortgage uh, market. Uh, same kind of deal there, right? You're getting uh, a stable amount of income and your dollars are being held somewhere. Now, there's lots of ways to play again in that fixed income space. Some of those uh, fixed income investments have higher risk, right? Uh, like we just said, the hard money lending industry, you're going to see a higher return. Uh, once it's averaged for the losses you may experience, maybe it's the same return, um, but you're going to see a higher return on each individual investment, uh, but higher risk. If you go and put your money in treasuries, the lowest of risks, you're making sub 1% right now. Uh, so, 
Uh, and that's really the benchmark we use when we look at all of these assets and asset classes and how they perform. Is how do they perform relative to the treasuries? Because that creates a nice kind of floor to use. So you've got fixed income. So you get income from that, but you don't really see growth. That's why it's stable. You've got equities, which have a lot of growth potential and over long periods of time grow, but have a lot of volatility. So they're up and down a whole bunch, but they don't pay out much in the way of uh, distributions or cash or dividends or things like that. There's some other investments that fall into this big lump called commodities, and that includes everything from, you know, like oil and gas uh, uh, investments to uh, uh, precious metals, gold, uh, silver, uh, that sort of thing. Um, a lot of those are investments that are hedges against future inflation. Um, they're not necessarily investments from a, I expect to get a return on this investment. Um, so they're kind of a bit of a different category. So where does real estate fit into that? You know, when I, if I'm going to look at making an investment in multifamily, where does my real estate investment fit? Is it a fixed income instrument? Is it a equity? Um, is it a, is it a, commodity? Is it a hedge against inflation? And the answer that I think makes the most sense, and this is for the aggregate of multifamily, and then we'll kind of talk about some of the different multifamily strategies, the answer I give is yes. And I don't mean to say that in a flippant way, but it's to identify that multifamily has an element of each of those in its performance characteristic. A real estate investment is an investment in a tangible asset. It's a thing, right? You can get in your car or your truck and you can drive over to it and you can touch it, right? It's physically there. It's a thing. Um, you know, as opposed to an investment in, um, uh, you know, a bond or a stock where it's a piece of paper that's ultimately backed by something else. No, this is an actual piece of physical, tangible property. It is real, right? R-E-A-L. That's part of what's in the word there. So in that sense, it's kind of like those commodities that are hedges against inflation, right? Because it's a real, tangible thing. So there's a bit of a hedge component in real estate, uh, and in particular in multifamily. The ability to see that value grow over time because we're using leverage that is relatively inexpensive leverage, again, because it's secured by a real asset, uh, allows us to experience equity growth. Now, our, the equity growth that multifamily gets is a, a little more linear, right? It's more of a straight line. Uh, it doesn't have as much zigs and zags in it as equities would. Um, but it's also going to be about the same as the equities, right? So that equity growth is going to be fairly similar. So you're going to see it look like an equity from that standpoint, right? A stock. So there's a component of multifamily real estate that kind of fits in the stock side of your portfolio. But it also generates cash, right? So we get cash flow out of these assets. And that cash has a fair amount of stability to it. It looks an awful lot like a fixed income instrument. 
right? So you're getting a bond-like experience in terms of cash flow. You're getting an equity growth-like experience, much like stocks. And it's in an asset that has a tangible, hard asset component that makes it look and feel more like um, a commodity, a, a hedge against uh, future inflation and turmoil in the marketplace. Um, and then there's two other factors that, um, that add to the understanding of how you would classify it, and that is tax treatment. And there's two pieces of the tax treatment. Those are the two factors. So one is the income that's thrown off on an annual basis, right? So you get dividend income from uh, some stocks, and you get uh, cash that gets generated, right, uh, interest essentially paid to you on a fixed income investment. Uh, well, when you get those, um, you aren't getting a K-1, which is the document you get if you're invested with us, uh, in a syndication, you don't get a K-1 that says you lost money that year, which allows you to shelter uh, some, if not all, of that cash income in any one particular period. Um, and if you aren't invested with us and you have your own portfolio, again, you're going you're gonna to have a loss um, uh, from depreciation and other expenses that you're going to be able to use to shelter some income. Now, Obviously, everybody's got to talk to their individual tax advisor to understand their personal situation. So these are generalizations, but that's that's a very uh, true statement for how a multifamily real estate investment is going to perform. The other is when it comes time to sell that asset. When you go to sell a bond, if it's gone up in value, you're going to have some tax on that bond. Bonds generally don't go up or down a lot in value. They will, but not in any dramatic way generally. That's why they're stable. Equities, on the other hand, well, that's kind of their thing, right? They're supposed to go up in value. That's the plan. So they're inherently more volatile, less stable. And the way you're going to make your money is to buy at 100 and sell at 150. Well, when you sell at 150, you got to pay tax on that 50 that you made. And when you pay tax on that 50, you don't have 150 to invest in a new stock. You've got 120 or 130 to invest in the new stock. So every time you take a couple steps forward, you kind of take a step back. That tax guy hits you. The real estate investing world has tax provisions that allow us to reduce those exposures and in some instances defer them for considerable periods of time, maybe even forever. Right? Again, you've got to talk to your own tax person to understand how that might work for your particular situation. But that further separates it. So in our mind, there's really a separate bucket for real estate. And we advocate everyone having some commercial real estate, some commercial multifamily real estate in their portfolio. But back to the question I was asked. The question was, how do I look at that, though, when I've got a uh, maybe I'm reading a book, and the book is saying, for my age, I should have X percent in stocks and this much in bonds and this much in cash and this much in commodities. How do I fit real estate into that? Well, as I said, I think it fits a little into all of those uh, categories. Um, so if I had 20% of my portfolio invested in real estate, 
I might consider that 10% of that is like a fixed income and the other 10% is like an equity and maybe look at them that way. This is where the different kinds of multifamily investing might come into play in terms of how you want to characterize your investment. So if, if you've been a listener of, of our podcast for any length of time, you're familiar with the fact that we advocate a fairly conservative approach to investing in multifamily, that over long periods of time, real estate is just an outstanding performer. Um, the shorter the time frame is, right, uh, the more we try to make a return in not seven years or five years even, but in three years or two years, uh, the greater the risk becomes. And for that greater risk, there should be a higher return, right? That's kind of the way everybody's mind uh, works. Well, if you then combine the two, those two factors of if I'm a syndicator and I'm going to put an asset together and go raise money for it, and it's going to be a two-year hold, and I need to make 20% plus or 25% plus to attract folks, uh, given the risk that we're taking on, I've now put myself in a position where I've got a timing risk, right? Because two years from now, something could be happening in the economy, say, gee, a global pandemic that causes a partial shutdown of the entire U.S. economy uh, that suddenly changes the marketplace and maybe I can't exit the way I want. So I'm, I've got a timing risk that I'm bringing in. In addition to the fact that I've now said I've got to make a lot more money in a short period of time. So I'm going to be pretty aggressive. I'm going to be swinging for the fences uh, for this kind of a deal to work. There's absolutely nothing wrong with those kind of investments. Those are really wonderful investments. And everyone's portfolio probably has some money that is more towards the speculative end of the spectrum, whether it's a, a more aggressive stock that you might have money in or a, a, a junk bond that pays a much higher return, or like I said, maybe some hard money lending that has a higher return that's co that compensates for that risk. So there's dollars that you may have in your portfolio that look like that. And so I would advocate that actually in your allocation that you give some thought to that, right? Well, how much money do I want to have in these aggressive kinds of investments? Is that half my portfolio? Is it 2% of my portfolio? It's a personal decision, right? I have no idea what the right answer is uh, for you. But whatever that is, those kinds of multifamily investments probably belong in that pot as opposed to anywhere else. The more conservative the multifamily investment becomes, right? So a, a, a value-add investment like we do is a good, solid, we believe the way we do it, conservative investment that has an equity growth component and a cash flow component. And as I said, you could maybe count half towards equities and half towards bonds or fixed income. There are investments out there that we describe as being momentum investments. So these are essentially non-value-add properties. The value-add work's all been done. We're basically buying the asset as a place to hold cash. We're going to get some tax benefits from it. There'll be some growth. Uh, but we're going to mainly look at this as something that will generate cash returns uh, for us over time. And it's about it's truly about stability and security. Um, that may look a lot more like a bond or a fixed income investment. Um, so the speculative ones, 
maybe they feel a little more like equities and they go into that speculative bucket you've got. The kind of work that we do on a regular basis really is meant to be a blend of those uh, to the, the fixed income experience and the equity experience. And then you've got the momentum kinds of transactions uh, where you're investing in a property that's really just going to be a place to hold money. Uh, and you'll get the tax benefits and all the other pieces that go with it, and you'll get the, the base cash flow. So, um, so that was the conversation I had with, with him. Uh, and uh, I don't know that he left with the answer he wanted in terms of how to think about it. Um, I think in uh, many instances, when you do read articles today about asset allocation, real estate's actually called out as a separate class. Um, but you may not, that may not be in some of the materials you're using, or it just may not have been part of how you've been thinking about things. We absolutely advocate that everybody ought to have some multifamily in their portfolio, however you go about doing it, whether it's investing uh, with uh, someone like Mara Poling, uh, whether it's going out and buying some properties on your own, or even if it's just as a place to start buying uh, putting some money in some REITs. Now, REITs are stocks, right? So it's not really real estate, but it kind of gets you into the game, at least in terms of maybe being able to learn about it. We obviously advocate for more direct participation through syndications like ours or uh, through individual uh, assets that you would own yourselves. Um, so that's the answer to the question, how do you classify multifamily? If you have some different thoughts about it or some questions, shoot me an email, pat at marapolling.com. Uh, please remember to go, uh, when you're finished up here, go to the Learning Center at marapolling.com. Register for State of the Multifamily Market on the 21st. Uh, we're so excited about Season 5. We've got lots of great stuff uh, coming this year. Uh, next week, I'll probably delineate some of that for you so that you can get an idea of the things that we're hoping to do uh, this coming year. And as I said at the, at the top, if you have suggestions uh, for topics that you'd like uh, me to address on our uh, weekly chats, I'm happy to do that. So with that, thank you again. And join me next week for the next episode of Multifamily Real Estate Investing presented by Marvel.